and welcome to Theatre Club. This is a programme brought to you from our homestead in the Surrey Hills and we're talking about things that we saw before Christmas. I went to see Catch a Crumpus, How to Catch a Crumpus and you went to see the band and things that we have seen post-Christmas which is Rocky Horror Picture Show and we've also got my top tip as well as some things that we're looking forward to seeing in 2019. So what is your top tip? Oh, sorry, yes. My top tip, you're going to be quite excited by this, Oscar. I've kept it a secret from you. This is a, you? an extra Christmas present. Oh. So I'm not sure if I'm going to pronounce uh, the actress's name right. That's the only thing. Because, you know, I'm not very good at pronunciations. But do you remember the lead actress from Fun Home? Yes. Casia um... Hammerland. Oh, yeah, who played the oldest Alison. Yeah. Yes. So she's doing a show at the Charing Cross Theatre called Violet. Why are you nodding your head like that? Because I already know. Oh, no. Yeah, sorry, but tell me anyway. Why didn't you tell me about it then? Because it was going to be a surprise for you <laughs> for your birthday at the beginning of January. Oh, no. No, it wasn't. Oh, okay. So Violet is an award-winning musical based on the short story The Ugliest Pilgrim by Doris Betts, and it's got music by Janine Tesori. From Fun Home Fame. From Fun Home Fame. And Caroline or Change. And Shrek the Musical and Thoroughly Modern Millie. Yeah. And very excited because um, it's already been, uh, had a revival on Broadway and was nominated for four Tony Awards. This is its UK premiere and it's tipped for great things. Yeah, I did see this the other day and I thought it looked really good. Especially um, just because Janine Tesori's had quite a year in the West End with Fun Home, Caroline or Change. Um, so it's another strong female-led show by her. So I'm really looking forward to it. And I really like, I hope I'm pronouncing Casey's name right. I really thought her performance in Fun Home was really good. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. And I love the Charing Cross Theatre as well. So the, if anybody, um, the story is of a disfigured child um, who has got a bit of money and is doing a sort of um, trek across um, North Carolina and Oklahoma and sort of trying to find herself and looking for a miracle is the sort of oh. basis of the show. So Violet is on at the Charing Cross Theatre from the 14th of January to the 6th of April. Oh, that's quite a good long run. Yeah, it is, isn't it? And yeah. I always think the um, tickets, the, they, all, they usually do some sort of discount on preview tickets, don't they? Yeah, and then they also have, we used to do those side slip ones, remember, right next to the stage. There's the little bench, oh, and they're yes. much cheaper, and they're pretty good if you want to be, you're slightly side on, but you're nice and close, and I think that's if you don't want to spend loads of money. That's a great way to do it, but the rest of their seats aren't usually that expensive. Yeah, those those t- those seats, I believe, are twenty eight pounds. That's not too bad. It's not too bad, is it? Perfect. Great. So let's let's book that. Yeah, I would really, really, really like to see Violet. So the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about was I went to see Catch a Krampus, um, which is a Sink the Pink production. Who are a um, how would you describe them? They're sort of like an a drag house or you know yeah like they put of... on they they do mighty hoopla festival i saw them at another festival djing at a roller disco they do these kind of like queer nights as they yeah. call them and i was really excited to see their version of a sort of pant it's like a sort of yeah drag panto yeah and with a sort of spooky halloweeny almost yeah like, i guess christmas ghost story vibe and it's, it's it was on till the 23rd of december so you can't see it anymore but for anybody who was thinking about going... I was thinking about it. Well, do you know what? On the way there, I met a girl and we were both running because we were both late and she said, oh, I've seen this um, three times. It's so good. Oh, wow. So my expectations were really high. high. And uh, also I'd read a couple of reviews online, like 
the Evening Standard had given it four stars, a couple of people yeah, gave it five stars. Yeah, a lot of people said, oh, this is the alternate Christmas show to see. Yeah, and I did have a really good time. I went with a couple of friends. We did laugh. We had a few drinks beforehand. It was really good fun. But it, it I didn't love it because I didn't think it was very... Um, I didn't think, like, the script was quite... that was very funny. It was almost a bit safe. You know, when you're seeing drag... You're, like, the, the lead... Um, woman she was called ginger and i thought that she was going to be really funny and cutting and actually her jokes were were like panto jokes Mm. sort of like oh where do you come from from behind that curtain it was like and they were trying to be funny with that but it just didn't it just didn't work in a way you just sort of like this isn't kind of avant-garde enough it's not Mm -hmm. edgy enough i want to see some real shade being thrown here and either your drag I've seen better drag nowadays as well, especially yeah. with drag race and stuff. You, this, the the level is so... It's like they were dumbing themselves down for like a wider audience and they should have just stuck to getting... Stuck to what they do, yeah. Yeah, it's like the, it's like the, it, it's like the, the person who'd written the script for it didn't really... I'd be interested mm. to know who actually wrote it. That's so interesting because the, some of the reviews I read made it look like it was going to be wild. No, it was not wild at and all. And I saw some pictures and I thought, oh God, like... Is that going to be too well? Because I was going to go on like a Sunday afternoon and I thought that might be a bit crazy, a bit... Oh no, it wasn't crazy no, at all. It was very kind of... It was like little vignettes. So like it, there was there was a loose story running through it but that made no... Like yeah. it didn't... I didn't really get that. And it was more just like, oh, this is a funny scene to do. So we'll have, for example, like an opera singer lip syncing um, to an opera song and there'll also be a bird flying around that she's trying to catch and this bird will be in a piece of string. That was literally the premise of the joke and it didn't go anywhere else. So it was funny for a while and the bird came into the audience and sat on someone's head and she ran after it. Yes. It's not clever. That's just not clever enough. I I just wanted something a little bit more. A little bit more, yeah. And then there was one... In the second act, they opened with um, an a cappella version of Thriller and they sung the entire song from beginning to end. They They didn't move... It was like Bohemian Rhapsody kind of like... Yeah. Not funny. Not enough. really. Just to sing Thriller a cappella. It's not enough, is it? No. And then they sung Bob the Builder a cappella as well. Also, not funny enough. I mean, how dated is that as well? I as a, as Bob a con- the as a, Builder, can we fix it? It was like that. As like a concept as well, doing sort of a cappella versions of things. I feel like that's been done a lot. You and know, they, did some, of... they did a Morris dancing number, which was quite funny. Um, and that was they were all called Morris... And that was that was quite funny, but then, again, like the choreography on that was basically the joke was that their Morris dancing sticks were dicks, but right. they didn't really do anything that clever with that. No, just... well, maybe like the reviewers from the papers just don't see a lot of that sort of thing, so it was enough for them. Yeah, I'm sure, and, and I'm sure if you'd people. gone in like a really big group with people that haven't really seen anything like that, it would have been fine. Anyway, it's not on anymore, so yeah, next Christmas if they come back with something else, would you? Nope. No. Well, from one maybe not successful drag avant-garde queer show to the original (laughs) Mac Daddy of queer theatre, it's the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Let's Let's go straight into that. Let's do the time warp again. So that's obviously, I mean, that's from 1973, which is every time I think that, I'm like, that's nuts that this show is from that long ago. Like, I watched the film the other day. And it's just so nuts and so out there and so weird and bizarre and queer and strange. And the fact that it's from all, like, that long ago, so ahead of its time, wasn't it? Do you know what's funny is that when we were younger, Mum would have this habit of recording 
recording us films onto tape, but then at the end of the film, she'd have left on something on there that was kind of quite unacceptable to let children watch, and we'd end up sitting there watching at the end of Annie, we'd be watching Orlando. Do you remember oh, about yeah. that? Oh, yeah. Orlando was on the end of our Annie Which is about transvestite, wasn't it? Well, it's like a weird Virginia Woolf novel, oh, isn't yeah. it, with Tilda Swinton? Not transverse, yeah, no, but she travels through time and plays different genders, and yeah, it was I very confusing. Found that confusing, especially as a double bill with Annie. <laughs> very confusing. Um, the other thing that we had easy access to was the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which Oscar and I watched like all yeah. the time, and we really—it's not like we loved it; it's just that we found it so confusing, bizarre. strange, fun. I mean, the guy in the wheelchair, I can still remember in the, in the thinking, but he's in a wheelchair. He's going <laughs> to kill him. And now he's wearing high heels. It was very scary, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, for, I'm sure most people have seen it, but for anyone who hasn't, it's a, it was a musical first, 1973, King's Road. It was very sort of... Richard O'Brien wrote um, the show. He played Riff Raff, and it's about... I mean, what is it about? The story is nuts. It's kind of a homage to 1950s um, sci-fi and horror kind of cult films. The show opens with a song called Science Fiction Double Feature that talks about all these old sort of King Kong and all these films. And so it's got that kind of vibe. It's about a couple, Brad and Janet, all-American couple. They end up at this house with this sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. Frank and Furter, played but by Tim Curry. In the film, it's scary. Like, yeah. they're driving and it's really, really raining. And she's going, Brad, I'm scared. And he's like, don't worry, Janet. I, and, you know, and then they get out of the car and then he says, oh, there's yeah. a house over there. And Rich then O'Brien that... used to terrify me and he comes to the window with a candle. I found that so scary. Oh, that is terrifying, that bit. And then they go, and then that's the first song that I remember was there's a light burning in the Frankenstein place and yeah. they sort of walk towards it and they're getting absolutely soaked. And then they they knock on this gothic house and the door... And then Richard O'Brien comes out with his bald head and his little, like, pieces of hair stuck to it. And he's like, yes. And you're thinking, do not go into that house. But it's it's scary. It's not done... Well, I think when you're an adult, I wouldn't say it was scary. Having oh, rewatched have you? it, okay. yeah, I still feel like it was. It's but as ominous. Ominous. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Ominous. It does have a dark edge, doesn't it? Yeah. But so the theatre production is it's slightly different than the than the film, obviously, and this this version of it as well is slightly. They've gone for that fifties, more cartoony sort of look, especially for the opening, and especially for Brad and Janet. Um, and this production, it's a new produ- a new touring production that we saw down in Brighton where it's starting its tour, but it's similar to the last time I saw it. So it's, it's a similar production. Some of the bits of set and stuff are very similar. The staging's very similar, but obviously they've changed certain bits. Certain cast members are the same as last time I saw it. Um, Christian Lavacum still playing Riff Raff, but we've got new Brad and Janet. So Janet was, Janet was um, Joanne Clifton. Yes, who from, we love. She was in Strictly Come Dancing, and she's since done some stage shows. She did Flash Dance, was it tour yes. of, and Thoroughly Modern Millie. Yeah, and she. So I knew she'd obviously be a great performer as being a dancer, but her voice was really strong. I was really impressed by her voice. Very, very strong voice, um, and she was perfect as Janet. And um, her bride was Ben Adams from Boy Band A One. <laughs> I remember A One. What's an A One song? They did, um, what was, uh, another night, another day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, he was great as well. He had a strong voice. He had that sort of the right look for Brad, all-American. Yes. Um, all-American look. And then 
I thought, who was our Frank... So we had Stephen Webb as our Frankenfurter. So let's start by saying it's only had... When we saw it, they'd only done it twice so far. It's the very start of this tour. And Stephen Webb was good. He's a West End... He's done lots of other things. But you do, it does make you realise how important Frankenfurter is to the piece. He has mm. to be... He has to command the entire stage. Frankenfurter is this enigmatic character in the middle of the piece that this transvestite, he's masculine, he's feminine, he's dark, he's funny, he has to do... Tim Curry's performance is just, like... Mm. That's why it's so legendary. In the film, yeah. Yeah, and I've seen this stage... The last production I saw probably five times when it was on over the course of, like, ten years, and every time it was um, David Badella doing it. Who was amazing, had amazing reviews. Yeah, he was just, like... Perfect. Incredible. Yeah. So the standard that I'm used to for my yeah. converter is very, very high, and I'm used to his performance in it. So I just thought Stephen Webb, I know he's just started, and hopefully I feel like he can definitely... There were bits of it I really liked, mm. but other bits were just rocky. His accent slipped in and out. I noticed that too. And that, again, pulls you out. Frank, you just have... It has to be. You have to believe it. You have mm. to believe that he is this this character. And for me, there were, I think, the accent slipping and there were just per- parts that weren't as convincing for I me. I also felt like he standards. wasn't as comfortable with his body as I'd have liked, as in when he's sort of stomping around in his heels. Y- you want to find him really sexy. Yeah. Like, when he's doing definitely. those flexing muscles in those dances, really slowly, do you know the ones mm-hmm. I mean? You kind of really want to be like, oh, yeah. Because that's the other thing, is that everyone... It, it, the characters in it are kind of in love with him. Janet's a little yeah, bit... Yeah, everyone has, has to be in love with yeah, him. Yeah, everyone has to be in love with him. And that moment where Columbia says, you just use people, I loved you. You never really saw that relationship. You didn't really get that anybody would be lusting after him, actually. Yeah, but... Because I don't so, feel like he was commanding yeah. enough or arrogant enough. He needs no. that big dick energy. <laughs> and he doesn't have the BDE. <laughs> No, and I hope that's just because it's the first couple of shows. Hopefully this tour is 16 months long, so hopefully he will really settle into it. It's so much fun going to see Rocky Horror, though, whatever the production, just being with all the people in the audience, especially in Brighton, like all the Everyone people in costume. Everyone is dressed up, and we had some really behind us. You awesome, have the, good costumes. We have, you, obviously, you have the people that dress up because they're making an effort to go to a theatre, which I think is really... That's what I like about it. Even there are so many men, straight men with their wives that have gone in stockings. Yeah, and did you heels. see that? I saw, yeah, I saw a guy in a suit jacket and then, yeah, stockings and heels. I think that's brilliant. Yeah. But, and then you get the aficionados who have gone in proper costumes. So there was a woman behind us as Magenta and she had done. Riffraff and Riff Raff. They had the hair extensions in. She'd back home to her hair. She'd put false eyelashes on. She'd really gone the extra step. And they had the outfits from the end when they go back to Transylvania, the big gold with the big shoulder pads, but they were properly done, proper material. Like, they were hardcore, rocky people. There's been some time and effort put into those costumes. Yeah. And then we've got to talk about the shout-outs. For anybody who hasn't seen Rocky Horror, um, if you go to see the stage show, or indeed if you go and see the film... Well, the shout-outs come from the film. So when people used to go and watch the film, the film used to play late night in cinemas. It played in Camden for like 30 years. It's still running in Germany. It's the longest running theatrical film release ever in history. What? Yeah, because it's been, it's been running since 1976. That's constantly amazing. in Germany at this one theatre. And so people would shout out things to the screen. And now that's kind of incorporated back into the stage show. And so so it's, people... done, it's done in the pauses. Yeah, so, so when, especially when the narrator, who we had Dom Jolly... He was very good. And when he came out, he sort of 
does he reads the story of Brad and Janet and there there are these deliberate pauses where he's about to say one thing and people shout out something grotesque and vulgar yeah. to make it sound like he's saying something else. Or just funny things. When Riff Raff, they first get into the house and Riff Raff says, don't move, I'll be right back. And he walks off and then as the characters step forward on the stage, everyone yells out, he said not to move. And then they like take a step yeah. back. Just really fun things like that. But let me tell you, I've seen it before. If people do it badly, it's the most annoying thing ever. Like, so annoying. Yeah, people... do not shout out over other people's sentences when they're speaking yeah. on stage. That's the thing why it works with the film, because everyone knows the pace of the film. Mm. I mean, people still do it badly with the film. Mm. But if you can get it in the in the gaps, and that's what you need to do on the stage, and the actors will know, there's definitely certain lines. So when Brad first introduces himself, you shout out asshole, and then he says this in wife Janet, and you shout out slut. And so they pause for you to say those things, but sometimes people just start yelling other stuff like they just get carried away it's like this isn't your time to be a comedian okay no just do the yeah if it can't fit in the pause then it can't fit in at all don't even try but the Brighton audience very good pretty much there were one or two annoying ones but other than that they really got them in and got the laughs and it was really enhanced it and so I always think seeing Rocky with a good audience that are dressed up do the shout right it does feel like a proper night out you all stand up to do the time warp they do it again at the end like, you have an amazing time when you go. You can see why people love it. It's so much fun. We were up on our feet three times dancing. You do the entire choreography. It's, it's really, so good. It is really good fun. Um, and if you want to see it, it is going... I mean, like I said, it's a 16-month tour. It's going Manchester, Sunderland, Milton Keynes, New Wimbledon Theatre, Sheffield Crucible, Torquay, Woking, Belfast, Oxford, Southampton, Bromley, Liverpool, Bath, Birmingham, Eastbourne, Stoke-on-Trent, York, Bristol, Blackpool, Newcastle, Glasgow, Leeds, Nottingham, Dartford, Wolverhampton, Hull, Edinburgh and Richmond Theatre. So, I mean, you've got your chances to see it. And if you want to go for a really fun night out, get dressed up. It's it's such a good laugh. Mm. Another show also touring the country that I saw before Christmas is the Take That musical, The Band. Now, Alice, you were a big Take That fan as a child. I was a huge Take That fan. Mark Owen was who I said I fancied, but I actually fancied Gary Barlow. But well, you say that in hindsight. No, I, honestly, oh, really? uh, we all we all said we fancied Mark Owen, and I yeah. did fancy Mark Owen, but I think really I fancied Gary. Oh, did you? I think, I think so. you're just thinking of like X Factor era Gary Barlow. Oh, we, oh, I do love him. You do. I know you do. Oh, it's like a glass of red wine. <laughs> it just gets better. Um, so there, yeah, this is their new musical. They've done a musical once before that was non-authorised, that had nothing to do with it. It actually came out just before their comeback in 2006. Oh. And it was called Never Forget, and it was about Take That, or about a boy band, a tribute act. Anyway, it didn't do particularly well. So this is a new version that is involved, Take That do have involvement, and Gary Barlow did a BBC show called Let It Shine, a bit like one of those Android Webber, where they searched for... Somebody to be in this musical. To be the boy band. Great idea. Yeah, and I kind of tuned in and out to that on BBC and they picked this boy band, basically. And that was about a year ago. And then it's been off on a little tour. It's now come to London and it's going back out on another tour. And so the story is, in 1992, we meet five 16-year-old girls for who the band is everything. So yeah, let's, the band that are in it, they're never called Take That. They're just the, the band. band. So, But they are a Take That-like band and they sing all the Take That songs, but they never explicitly call them take that I, mm-hmm. think, I don't think anyway so they these 16 year old girls love them 
And then on the way home from one of these concerts, one of their friends dies. And we don't sort of find out how. I think she gets hit by a car or something like that. So it's the last night they're all together. And then at the funeral, they all sort of go off their separate ways. Um, and then 25 years later, they're all sort of grown up. One of them wins tickets to go see the band in Prague. And she sort of calls up all her old friends. And they all get back together to go and see this band. Are there any Take That songs in this? Yeah, it's all Take That songs. So I, I can tell you, when is there Never Forget Where You're Coming From? Yeah. yeah. They're, they're all in. So basically you get all the songs. What is clever about it is having the band, as it were, the boy band, means that you can. they haven't tried to totally mamma mia it and shoehorn in. Because they, mm. they'd be quite difficult to shoehorn in all of those songs. So they don't do that. What will happen is she'll be, like, in the beginning, she's getting ready in her room, watching Top of the Pops, and then the boy band, they all pop out of her cupboard and they're all there singing kind of in her brain. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like they don't have to shoehorn it in. They just come out and they perform a song and then they go to the concert and the band's there performing the song. Mm-hmm. And the, the guys are really good. It's very energetic, um, sort of uplifting. And the younger, all the acting's really good. But what I'd sort of, it is just one of those jukeboxy musicals. So like the machinations of why these girls stop seeing each other at the funeral. You know, those arguments that come out of nowhere in mm-hmm. the show. It's just the writing's just not good enough. They're all sort of like... They just erupt into this giant argument based off nothing and then they never see each other again for 25 years. There's been no build-up to that argument or anything. No, someone's just like, oh, you're always... You know, mm. these. it's just a little... The the script is... A little bit clunky. A little bit clunky, a little bit... Sort of one of those things where like, they all come out of the concert and then they all tell each other what happened in the concert for our benefit. Like, oh, and then you were up on his shoulders. Yeah, and he thought you were mad. And I'm like, you would never stand with your friends mm. and discuss something that's just happened. It's just that lazy sort of... Well, you might do, I suppose, in a play, do that. But you would... It's the way... It needs to be done. Like, she needs to come home and tell her mum. You can't sit yeah. there and stand there and tell it's each just other. Happened. It's just happened. And they're all just talking to each other about it. So those little bits... Everyone tried their hardest, but um, those little bits didn't really work. But it is, and also my issue with the boy band that they've chosen, they all just look quite similar. They're all sort of quite young, quite attractive, sort of... But take that, all were young and attractive. But they all look so different. You've got your Mark, you've got your Gary, you've got your Howard, you've got your Jason. Each one was very unique, and these guys were all a bit too similar. Oh, okay. You know, there was Robbie, like, they all had their own thing. Mark was kind of the pretty one. You know, they all Mm, had their, like... Yeah, you're right. And they all just looked like boys from Manchester that'd been put into a band. Yeah. You know, no one had... And also, it wasn't 90s enough. The outfits, the first act... Oh, was it set in the 90s? The opening is when the girls are younger is ninety two, and so the boy band come out in denim, but they're wearing they've all got denim jackets and denim trousers and boots on, oh. so that's nineties. But I'm like, this is take that. One of them needs to be in denim shorts. One of them needs to be in baggy denims. One of them needs to be in ripped dungarees. denims. One of them needs to be in dungarees. One of them needs to be just in a denim uh, tank top. You wouldn't wear all the same. No, no that was the whole point. It's take that. They all look to. It's got to be that nineties styling of like everyone had their little thing. Spice Girls. Camos you know, and tank of... tops, but somebody would have the ripped camos, somebody would have yes. the day camos. That's how yeah. they did boy bands back then. Everyone had their little light sort of look. So those bits, that I think was a bit of a shame. But if you love to take that, Do it is good fun. Do you think this would appeal to, um, like, take that stem? I mean, I know I was a really big fan, but like mums of like. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, is it, what is, is it good one about... for the mums? It's one for the mums. Yeah, if you like to take that, you'll have a good night out. And mm. you get the old stuff, which the boy band do. And then obviously you forget their career's been so successful from 2006 onwards. Yeah. So then you get all the sort of more ballady, 
the greatest day of our lives, all that sort of, you know, patience, rule the world, all those kind of songs come in in the later bits with the older women for a more emotional hit. And is it like when we went to see um, the Whitney musical, Bodyguard? Yeah. You know, when people, it's encouraged to sort of get yes, up a Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, they want you clapping, they want you sort of... When the boy band are performing, when it's a performance within the show, they definitely want that. And it is really good fun. Those songs are great, like Let It Shine. That was just a really good number. They're getting on the plane, and the sets were really incredible. Um, The way, like, it was really good sets, and the way the boy band would come in and move things around and interact with them, and it was good. Some of it was just too broad. It's just very, like, the jokes. Like, they go to Prague and they snap a willy off a statue, and then they milk that joke for, like half an hour Mm. you know it's just like it's just a bit broad when it could have been and all the women have their kind of own issues like one of them's really overweight the one that wanted to be like an olympic diver is now really overweight but the fat jokes are just it's all just a bit too and then one of them's a lesbian so that's really like oh it's all just a bit broad it's a bit broad but if you love take that if you're of the generation um i would say 100 percent go and see it if you like, take that because it is really good. For, you'll have a good time hearing all those songs, and at the end they bring they do a proper encore and they'll do shine. They do all the big songs again. Never forget all that. So mm. it, I mean, it's really I had a really fun time. Yeah. But I rolled my eyes a fair bit. Okay. So it's an eye roller, an eye roller, and a hand clapper. <laughs> both those things. You're going to enjoy it, but you're going to roll them eyes. So, is it expensive? When's it on till? It's on in London until the 12th of Jan, so you don't have that much longer, but today's ticks have been running a, like, 50% off offer for ages, so you can get today's ticks for fairly cheap. Okay. Um, so if you like, yeah, if you like to take that, go and see it, but if you don't, don't. That's my review of it. Um, and then it's going off to, like, Salford, Swansea, Dartford, Ipswich, Woking, Milton Keynes, Southampton. It'll do well in the regions, like... Sure. It's one for the regions. Um, definitely... <laughs> You know, it's just one for the Take That fans, that's what I'll say. So, that was tw- 2018. I think it's been a pretty good first year of the podcast, some pretty good shows we saw. I mean, highlights got to be company, which I think will come into 2019 yeah, as I well. I mean, excluding Hamilton. Excluding Obviously, Hamilton. Hamilton, number one highlight of the decade. I'm ready to go again. I'm definitely ready to go again. But yeah, we've seen some great stuff. I'm actually going to see, we're recording this at the very end of Christmas, I'm going to see The Hot Gay Time Machine. Oh. Um, which is one of the writers of Six, the musical. I've seen some extracts from it and it's very funny. Yeah. So that actually only runs into the beginning of Jam, but I'm going to go see it on New Year's Eve. Um, so I'm ending the year with a big gay show and then I'm going to start the year with another gay show. I'm going to go see Everybody's Talking About Jamie, finally. Oh, with Michelle Visage? Yeah, with Michelle Visage from Drag Race. So I'm starting the year as I mean to go on. I'd like to see that as well. Yeah, but that's gonna that's running for ages. Um, what else are we seeing in January in 2019? We've got Leave to Remain, which was one of our top tips at the Lyric Hammersmith with Kelly Okariki from Block Party Show. Um, so yeah, we've got lots to look forward to. Maybe in the next episode we'll try and do like a little forecast of all mm. the stuff coming up when we've got Madeline back from LA. Yes, okay, that's a really good idea. Um, yeah, but we'll definitely have in the next episode, I'll have seen Hot Gay Time Machine and Everybody's Talking About Jamie, so I'll have more queer shows to throw out there. <laughs> um, but yeah, until then, I hope everyone, this is going to be out probably in the new year, so I hope everyone's already having a fantastic 2019. And um, thank you for listening all of last year, those who have been with us in 2018, and we'll bring you lots, lots more in the new year. Until, until then. then. Bye. Bye.